Hey, I just want to talk about what faith is from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. First, let me pray. Father, I, I would ask, we together are asking you to speak to us. Lord, I'm just so acutely aware of this truth that, uh, that there is nothing that I would ever say or think up or research that would have an ounce of kingdom value if you weren't in it. And so, Lord, I, I've done what I can do uh, to put this together, but now, Lord, we just have to ask for you to be in it, just like you were with the, the, the worship, Lord. I thank you for the presence that is here. I pray, Lord God, that every person in this congregation, even those who maybe don't have a relationship with you, would, 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 would be aware, would, would, would sense the reality of your presence here. And now, Lord God, we're asking for that to be translated into a teaching time to change the way we think about ourselves in the world. Lord, to change the way we interact with you and, and with the world, Lord. Um, revolutionize us with your word. Let it be done. Let, it, let the seed go forth. Let it bear fruit. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You want to audio me? <laughs> amen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I'm actually going to quote the King James Version here. Now, I don't do that very often. I don't care for the King James Version. I think it's a great piece of literature. Some people like it because it sounds so religious. And as far as I'm concerned, that's the, the reason why you shouldn't use it. Uh, the Bible was inspired in what's called Koine Greek, which, which it means street Greek. It was the language, it wasn't classical Greek, it wasn't highbrow Greek. Uh, it was street Greek, which tells me that the most accurate translations would not use highbrow English, they'd use street language. The last time I checked, people today aren't on the streets talking with lisps. So that's why I'm not for using the King James Version. Now if you like it, sorry I just offended you. But... Um, in this case, in this, in this one verse, the King James Version, I think, nails this verse because they translated it literally. I don't know if they knew what it meant when they translated it literally, but they translated it literally. Most other translations today try to interpret the verse for you, in the name of a translation. But I think it's very important on this verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, to take it very literally. There's, there's a lot of meaning packed into the way it is in the original Greek. It says this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. This, by the way, is the only definition of faith we're given in the Bible. We're given a million examples of faith, and we're given quite a few examples of the lack of faith, but we're never giving a definition of faith. What is it to have faith? What does faith look like from the inside of your eyes, from the inside of your head? Okay, what goes on inside of you when you have faith? This verse defines it, and nothing else does. And it says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, another verse I want us to think about throughout this message today, it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. And then in verse 13 it says, regard, with regard to all the heroes of faith, and we'll be going over these throughout the summer, uh, this catalog of faithful people throughout Hebrews 11, it says, now all of these died not having received the promise. But in faith, they saw it. And that's what changed their behavior. They saw it. Faith sees something that's not there. Or rather, it sees something that is there, but you can't see with the natural eyes. In Matthew, another, final, the final verse I'm going to preach out of this morning, Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, Jesus is healing some blind people, and he said, According to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. Or it could mean, in proportion to your faith, be it unto you. Or in the measure of your faith. Okay, in other words, the more faith you have, the more you're going to see it evidenced in your life. We are 
dealing here with a, an incredibly, incredibly important and foundational topic. It's the topic of faith. What is faith? What is to have faith? This is absolutely vital. I, I don't know why it is. We've just been dealing with a lot of vital issues uh, lately. We've spent five weeks on the problem of evil and the nature of God and all of that kind of stuff. We're just in a heavy mood these days, I guess. Uh, but this is, this is really vital. It's the foundation for everything. What is it to have faith? What is faith? What you'll be seeing in the next couple weeks is, uh, is this. Faith isn't just a religious thing. Faith, this principle, according to your faith, be it unto you, will work for better or for worse, depending on what the object of your faith is. Faith is, I'll suggest to you, and we'll begin to get to this a little bit here later on in this message, faith is the engine that drives life. It, it, all of your move towards motivation, all of your move away from motivations come from having faith about something. You have faith in something. And faith is, we'll see here, the, the faith is the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And everybody has things they're hoping for, and everybody has things that they believe in but they don't see, and they have a way of doing that, making it real to themselves, that drives them towards it. That's what faith is all about. Trouble is this. A lot of people, faith is very different than belief, and we'll talk about that in a second here, but a lot of people believe one thing but have faith in another. And they are confused because the results of their life, uh, the, the, uh, the things in their life don't seem to reflect what they think they believe. But it's because, in truth, they have faith that's moving them in a direction uh, away from what they think and say they believe. We need to get a handle on what faith is, and when you get a handle on what faith is, you're going to get a handle on how to do faith in the direction that God wants you to do faith. It's incredibly important. It, it's, it's actually revolutionary. The other thing is that there's a lot of issues that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. Uh, picking it up again on June 6th. A lot of issues that have to do with faith. Questions that people have about faith. Like, what are you supposed to have faith in? Uh, uh, what do you trust God for? Do you trust God? Like when, when you pray for a sick person, for example, do you pray God, do you, pray, do you have faith that God will heal the person or do you just have faith that God can heal the person? Which one is it? Uh, and and we, need to, we need to be, you know, we're always out loud about real questions here. We need, to, we need to talk about that. Why do we have faith that God can heal sick people, but we very rarely have faith for God to raise a dead person? Now, I'm not saying, hey, listen, invade funeral homes this afternoon. Uh, but I, I, I don't think it, it's good that you do that. But it is interesting. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't do that. And I think there's reasons for that, and hopefully by the time I get to preach th- them, I'll have figured them out. But uh, those are, there's some honest questions we've got to ask. Can you have faith that God's going to save your unsaved husband or your unsaved uh, you know, friend? Or, and, and his faith guarantees certain results. We've got to talk about that. This morning, just a quick word, but it's an important one, about what faith is. It's so crucial because I don't believe, or I believe that most of us don't have a full understanding of what faith is. I'm going to pick this verse apart. This is the academic boring part of it, but it's foundational to what's going to happen. So hang with me. Faith is the substance of things uh, hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word faith in Greek is pistis. And it uh, means faith, faithfulness, steadfastness. All right? Faith and faithfulness. In fact, sometimes it's translated faithfulness. That's important. The word is. Sometimes in the original Greek, the word is is very important. Even in English, I'm told, sometimes it's not clear what the word is means. Sorry, that was low. I'm, I apologize. I take it back. I shouldn't have gone there, but I couldn't help myself. Is. In the Greek, is is placed in what's called the emphatic position. Um, it's not just that faith is the substance. You, you can't capture this in a translation. But in the Greek, esten is, is the word. It, it's, it comes before the noun, and it's, it, it makes it emphatic. Faith is. 
Okay, the person is saying, this is really what faith is. In contrast to everything you might have thought faith is, here's what faith really is. In fact, one commentator said that you ought to translate it, celebrates. Faith celebrates the substance of things hoped for. It's an emphatic is. Okay, so this is really the definition here. Faith, steadfastness, continual devotion is, now the substance of things hoped for. The word substance. The Greek word is hypostasis. And it... Most translations have things like it's the assurance of things hoped for or it's the certainty of things hoped for, but they're interpreting the word. Hypostasis, the word means substance or substantial reality. Substantial reality. It's the word in Greek that they have to say that. For example, in the early Trinitarian controversies as they were knocking out the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed, the way they referred to the three persons of the Trinity was that they are distinct Hypostases. Uh, the Father is a hypostasis. The Son is a hypostasis. The Spirit is a hypostasis. I know. Look at here. Look like, like well, you just shut up. Okay, but, but this will pay off here in a second. And see what they were saying here is this. The di- <laughs> Sorry. The difference between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit isn't a pretend distinction. It's not an illusory distinction. It's not a temporary distinction. It's a real distinction. You see, hypostasis. It means substantial reality. The Father and Son and Holy Spirit are one in essence, and yet they're really distinct persons. Uh, there's a reality to their distinctness. When the early church in the Chalcedonian Creed in 451 wanted to express how Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man, but he's not two beings, they said he's one, hypostasis. They call it the hypostatic union of, uh, of, of, of God and man in the person of Jesus Christ. In other words, he's not pretending to be a man. He really is a man. And he's not pretending to be God. He's really God. But he's not really two people. He's really one person. Hypostatic union. Got the word? This is the word. Yes, please move on. (laughs) We're talking reality here, folks. When when the author says faith is the hypostasis of things hoped for, this is the reality, the essence. Here it is right here. This is not pretending. Okay, got that? It's very important. You get that. And then it says, and is the evidence... Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The word evidence, pragmaton. We get the word pragmatic from it, or pragmatist. And it means evidenced. Um, it, means, uh, it, it means to experience, to have demonstrated to you. Okay? So what the author is saying here is, here, here's what faith is. Sum up. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the steadfast, continual evidencing as a substantial reality, what you hope for and what you cannot see. Got that? Faith is the steadfast, continual evidencing or experiencing as a substantial reality what you hope for and what you cannot see. Everybody does this. It's what moves you. We'll we'll, we'll say more about this in in the weeks to come. We are made for faith. The atheist, I will suggest later in the series has incredible faith. Everybody has faith. Everything that you do in some way or other comes out of the faith that you have. The way that you continually and steadfastly evidence as a substantial reality things you do not see and things that you hope for. Everyone does it. The question is, do you do it in conformity with God's Word or do you do it against God's Word? The trouble is that a lot of people unconsciously do it against God's Word even though they believe theoretically in God's Word. And they wonder, why, why, why? Where's the power? Why do I keep falling into affairs? Why do I keep screwing up? Whatever, whatever. Well, you got bad faith. And you don't even know it. Your faith is moving you in the wrong direction. We've got to get a hold on this. What is faith? The power of faith. How does it move it? Godly faith is when we evidence to ourselves, experience within ourselves as a substantial reality, 
The things that God has promised us to hope for and the things which God has told us are real, but we do not see. That's the essence of faith. It's very different than belief. Very different than belief. Though the words sometimes are used interchangeably, it's helpful to distinguish between them. Belief is a theoretical thing. Belief is an abstract thing. Belief is something you just have in the, in the abstract part of your brain. It's a belief about facts. Faith is, some, faith is continually holding as a substantial reality things that you do not think, things that you hold for, is a transforming thing. I have certain beliefs about my wife, certain facts. Okay, and, and, and I can just say those facts. You know, she's five foot three, she's this, that, brown hair, dark brown hair, and da 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 da, you know, and all that. I can just give you facts. But see, that's very different than my having faith in her. My relationship with her is based on faith. I have faith that she's going to be uh, the kind of person she's always been towards me. And now I, in faith, when I'm away, I don't just think, when I'm at my office, I don't think about facts. You know, like, oh, my wife's five foot four, and she weighs, you know, this much, and she does this. I, I, don't, I don't rehearse to myself those facts. If I did do that, it wouldn't do anything to me, would it? But if I think about her as a substantial reality, and I evidence in my mind, within myself, as a substantial reality, her, I need to have all the facts to do this, but what I'm doing is going way beyond the facts, folks. Now it begins to move me towards her, okay? I I begin to say, boy, I can't wait till I get home. You see, because now there's a reality to it. She's getting under my skin, and I'm doing it continually and steadfastly, and that transforms me. Faith and belief are very, very different things. Faith issues forth and works. It leads forth in transformation. Belief alone never does. James tells us that the devils believe that there's one God. Yippee! Hallelujah! You got your theology right. doesn't do a bit of good to them. Because God's not inside their skin. You see, he's not in their mind. They're not steadfastly, continually representing God as God truly is in front of themselves to alter who they are towards him. They're not doing that. But they have all the facts right. In fact, they have their theology absolutely correct. doesn't do them a bit of good. Belief is one thing. Faith is another. Here's, a, here's another illustration. You can ask me, what do I think about the Y2K problem? And I might tell you, well, I believe it could really be bad. I believe that it could really upset the economy. I believe that a lot of businesses could go underneath, you know. I, I believe that, you know, we could lose our energy, whatever. But if you knew me very well, you'd know that what my faith is. Because my faith is that, as a matter of fact, I think the economy will take a little hit and it will go on. Businesses will take a little hit and they're going to go on. Uh, some may go out of, you know, but the economy, the society, it's all going to basically be as it is right now. Now, how would you know the difference between what I think I believe and what I tell you I believe and what my, where my faith is? Well, you ask, ask me how much I'm storing up for it. Okay, you see, because as a matter of fact, oh, we, we talked about it, you know, we were going to store up a bunch of water and food and firewood and help us. And I, you know, one of these days we're going to get around to it, aren't we? Uh, we are going to start doing that. We're going to have a savings account. We actually had it, you know. But, uh, you know, things come along, you know, what are you going to do? Okay, so the bottom line is I really don't believe that, do I? My faith is that the economy is going to be solid and, and the businesses are going to be solid. And I hope that that's a good faith. It's based on some research, whatever. I do believe it's possible, theoretically speaking, abstractly, in a hypothetical kind of way, that maybe it's going to be more than that. But my faith, when I think about the year 2000, here's the substantial reality that I have. It's basically the same as the year 1999. That's my substantial reality. And my behavior will be based on my substantial reality, not on my theoretical beliefs. You see, the way that I am right now experiencing the future, the way I'm thinking about the future, here's what's real to me, is that basically it's going to go on as it was. A little bump, a little hiccup. I do want to have a little bit of food on hand, but my faith, my confidence is placed in the economy and in the stability of the society, you see? Now, I met a person a couple weeks ago who had a very different kind of faith. 
When she thought about the year 2000, she thought apocalypse, she thought, saw catastrophe, the evidence of things unseen, the, the uh, hypostatic reality of, of the things that she was expecting and anticipating was very dark, was very grim. Society did not go on as usual. And so now her behavior was reflecting that. She was storing up. In fact, she was doing a lot more than that. And I was trying to actually kind of say, oh, let's get a little more balanced perspective here. But you see, it all depends on what's going on in the head. What do you really believe? That's faith. What's what's inside of you? How are you representing reality to yourself? What are you thinking about in a real kind of way? I can tell you, you know what? I believe this building's on fire. I believe this building's on fire. But if you don't see me around the door, don't believe me. Because see, if I really believed it was on fire, if I had faith that it was on fire, I would would think to myself in about one thirty thousandth of a second, this uh, thought. I'd see a fire. I'd see Greg in the fire. I'd see me saying, ouch. And that would move me to run out of here. I couldn't help but run out of here if I really believed that there was a fire. But if I, if, if I just think theoretically speaking, hypothetically, abstractly, in a weird kind of way, there might be a fire, and I don't do anything about it, well, then you know that my faith is, is, is in our safety. Where is your faith? Very different than belief. Talked to a young man not too long ago. Well, actually, it was a couple years ago. But, but um, well, that's not too long when you're 42. I'm going to be 42 in two weeks. Ooh, um, ooh I made it. Um, but here's the thing. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. Uh, but see, I have faith that I'll be here. Okay? When I think about two weeks from now, I'm thinking about me being alive. Uh, so I have faith that I'm going to be alive. But I was talking to this person, and, I, and he was separated from his wife, and I said, well, what do you think God's will is for you and your wife? And he said, well, and he said the right thing. I believe that God you know, wants us together, and that God will bring us together, and that God's going to make it happen. That's what I believe. You get an A, correct belief. This is what you want to say to the pastor when he asks you what, what you believe when you're separated from your wife. But, but, you see... If he get inside of his head, and I did get inside of his head, when he thinks about his wife, he sees this, this yeah, kind of person and, 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 and sees conflict and, 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 and hears arguments and runs it in vivid color. He continually and steadfastly evidences for himself as a substantial reality, his wife being less than a pleasant person, and them arguing and fighting and, and conflict, whatever. That's what's in his brain. That's what's continually going on. That's what he's experiencing. And guess what? He doesn't do anything then to get, to get back in the relationship. In fact, he does a lot of avoids behavior. It looked to me that though he says he believes that God's will is for them, for them to get back together, his faith is that, in fact, they're not going get to better, get better. They're not going to get back. Things are always going to be bad. Uh, they're always going to be arguing and yada, 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 yada. And so he moves in that direction. You, the, the reality of the future becomes, the future becomes real to you as you make it a hypostatic union, a hypostatic reality in your head. And you move in that direction, you see? Until he changes what he has faith in, and you can do that. We'll be talking about how to do that. Until you change your faith, the object of your faith, well, your behavior is never going to move in the right direction. This is why it's true that faith without works is dead, but if you try to do works without faith, it's going to be useless. You see, it's just utterly useless. You're just dressing up. You know, you can, you can oh, this is the only analogy. You can, you can paint. No, I can't. Can I say this analogy? Well, it's the only one I have. You can, you can take a, a, a cow pie and, and, and make it look like a nice, yummy pizza, but it's still a cow pie. You got it? Okay, well, you can take a person and you could, I could make this guy get back there, start saying the right things, start doing the right things, yada, yada, yada. But if his faith, if, his, if the substantial reality in his head that he evidences towards himself about the future is away from her, it's not going to do a bit of good. It's not really going to correct the problem. See, there's a world of difference between faith and belief. 
a world of difference. And it all has to do with what is going on in your heart. Do you have a heart that wants to say yes and be in relationship with the Lord? And do you have a mind that is saying yes to the Lord? And what are you thinking about? What's on the inside of you? How do you represent reality to yourself? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you holding to? What are you evidencing? What are the substantial realities that you're holding on to? And that's what transforms your behavior. Here's the question. And it's a little bit confrontational. In fact, it's a lot confrontational. Maybe. And if it's confrontational, let it be confrontational. But you see, I've got to give an account uh, of, what I, of what I preach here. And so I don't, what's a substantial reality to me is that I've got to give an account of what I preach here. So I, can, I, I can't pay attention to what you think about it because I've got to pay attention to what God thinks about it. So here it comes. The question is this, are you a person of faith? Or are you, or are you a person with beliefs? That's the question. Here's, here's a kind of somber truth. The Lord really doesn't care about beliefs. Oh, you've got to have beliefs if you're going to have faith, but beliefs don't impress Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Correct theology doesn't quite cut the mustard. I think He likes correct theology too. But what impresses Him, what moves Him, what pleases Him is faith, because faith is a relationship. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns to earth, will He find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man returns, will He find faith on the earth? I know He's going to find a lot of belief. There's a lot of people who have little theorems in their head, a lot of theology in their head, a lot of facts. If you ask them, yeah. But, if you, but it doesn't get on the inside of them. It, it, it's, not, it's, it's not what's ch- changing their minds, and therefore it's not what's changing their behavior. It's, there's, no, there's no substantial reality to it. I believe, and this is why this message is so crucial for us here and now, is that in this culture, we've basically equated faith and belief, and the result is you've got a lot of unsaved people who have no real relationship with the Lord, but if you ask them, they have all the right beliefs. They'll just lay it out there. It's a dangerous thing. We have a culture of a lot of people who profess belief, but there's not all that much faith going on on the inside. And the way you can tell is this. Ask, well, what is it doing? How is it changing people? How is it revolutionizing the culture? How is it making an impact on things? Do you see any? James says faith without works is dead. Are there any works there? Because if a person really has a faith, if they are continually and steadfastly representing to themselves, evidencing for themselves as a substantial reality the things of God, it's going to change their life. It's going to move. It's going to change the way they interact with things. But if it's a mere belief, it will do diddly squat. Won't do a thing. And in this culture, what I believe we've got are a lot of believers with easy believism, but not a whole lot of faith. In fact, all the polls, all the research suggests that. I've mentioned this poll taken a couple of years ago. It's worth repeating. which show that Americans, if you ask them, what do you believe? We are, on paper, the most religious country on the planet. Over 70% of people will say that they believe Jesus Christ is Lord. But also, in the same study, it showed that in terms of what we actually do on it, how it changes our ethics and how it changes our behavior and what we do with our time and what we do with our money, you'll find that among industrialized countries, we are the least religious. Which tells you this. We are the least religious, but we think we're the most religious. In other words, we have a whole lot of belief about things and even about what we believe, but there's no reality to it. There's no substantial reality to it. So they say, Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's just get this really practical, down, down on the bottom level. Yes, I believe Jesus is Lord. Okay, good. The devils also believe that, by the way. At least they believe that he uh, is, is the creator, Lord. He's not Lord of them personally. Uh, but let's not get personal here. Let's keep it abstract. They believe in the you know, theoretical now, Lordship of Jesus Christ. So you believe Jesus is Lord. 70% of Americans apparently do believe that in some sense. Interestingly enough, almost 80% call themselves Christian. And you wonder, so there's 10% that believe they're Christian but deny that Jesus is Lord. You figure that one out. The American mind, I tell you, it's, it's turned to mashed potatoes. But 
You ask this question, okay, Jesus is Lord. Now, how does that impact your life? What, what does it do with your time in terms of how you spend your time? Um, if you didn't believe Jesus was Lord, how would your time be spent differently? So what studies show is that about three, almost three out of ten Americans will attend church on any given Sunday. Um, one out of ten will crack a Bible. Less than one out of ten will spend 20 minutes or more in prayer. Uh, what do you do with your time? Where is your time spent? You can t- always tell a person's faith, what they really believe is important, where they're really at. Don't listen to what they say, but what is real in their life. What is the, what are the evidence in themselves as a substantial reality that they hope for? You can tell that by what they do with their time and how they spend their money. Boom, right there. So ask the question to the culture around us. Let's ask the question to ourselves. How, if you subtracted the belief that Jesus is Lord out of my life, how would my life be any different? And what you find in America is it'd be very, very little different. People spend their time basically the way they're going to spend their time. And whether they believe in Jesus as Lord or don't believe in Jesus as Lord, they basically spend their time the way they want to spend their time on themselves. They basically spend their money the way they want to spend their money on themselves. The average American lives four times above the global average in terms of our standard of living. Four times the global average. We give about 2% of our income away. Evangelicals, those who call themselves evangelicals, are about a percentage point better than that. In other words, we say Jesus Christ is Lord. And if this land is a land, if it doesn't, that's fine too. But it, we say Jesus Christ is Lord, most important thing on earth. Oh yes, there he is, there he is. But 90% of our money, and 90%, 97% of our money, and 90% of our time is spent on us, me, the cabin, the car, the house, the clothes, the kids, whatever. So what's really important? Where's your faith? What is the substantial reality that you're really driving for? See, what impacts your life? Fire, fire, but you don't run. Well, what really impacts your life? Y2K, but you don't do a thing about it. Well, what really is impacting your life? Jesus is Lord. Great. What's really impacting your life? Faith is not the assertion of a belief. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And the word that we just got to be real with, that we got to be true with, is this. The Lord is coming back for a bride, not who's filled with a bunch of facts, but a bride who's got faith in her heart and in her mind. Amen? Amen. A people of faith. Where Jesus is on the inside. Jesus is on the inside. They're thinking about the Lord. It's a reality to them. It's not a theoretical kind of thing. They don't go, they don't go seven, six and three quarters days a week not thinking about the Lord, and then boom, they get a little sermon, and then they go out. Like, no, no, this is... The, the, the Jesus on the brain, like a husband in love has got his wife on his brain, and a wife in love has got the husband on the brain, and they think about them, and it's a substantial reality, and it changes them, and it moves them towards them. So also, the bride of Christ is one who's got to have the things of God on the brain, and you're thinking about it, and you're walking in it, and it's inside there, under your skin, and it's changing you, and it's revolutionizing the way you think about yourself, the way you think about God, the way you think about the world, what you do with your time, and even what you do with your money. That's faith. According to your faith, be it unto you. You know, here's the reality. We just got to get real with this. The harshest words that Jesus ever spoke were not spoken towards those yicky yicky sinners out there, the prostitutes, the whores, the tax collectors. He had mercy towards them, kindness, gentleness. But you got to the religious people who had a bunch of belief, and man, you just uncorked the Savior. Vipers, broad of vipers, whited sepulchres. All the right theology, you know, so far as they had it that day, all the right beliefs, ask them the question. They give the right answer. There's no reality to it. There's no substantial reality there. They're not moving in that direction. It's all about flesh. It's all about the here and the now. What they really believe is evidenced by what they do, not by what they say. And man, Jesus lands on them. We've got to hear that. He's not impressed with belief. Church of Laodicea in the book of Revelation. 
Man, I know your profession, he says. Go. Got an A on your theology test. Wonderful. I wish you would either jump in or jump out. I wish you were hot or cold. This lukewarm, kind of iffy, sort of mishy-meshy, you know, this, uh, this, I I want to spew out of my mouth. Harsh stuff, but it's reality. According to your faith, be it unto you, in the proportion of your faith, in the measure of your faith, be it unto you, what you, your faith is going to define your future, your faith is going to define your reality, and if you want to see God move, it's going to be in proportion to your faith. Faith operates like that in a religious way, in a non-religious way. According to your faith be done to you, it operates in your marriage, it operates in your finances, it operates in your job. It's the principle of life when all is said and done. And if you're looking for an explanation as to how it is you can have a country where you have so many people professing a form of faith, but like Paul says, denying the power of it, you don't see, you know, where's the beef? You don't see the power of it, but they're sure professing it. If you're looking for an explanation for how you can have so many people professing belief, but, but you, you don't see it changing the culture, our culture is still pagan, Hollywood still rules the day, uh, you know, the sin is still rampant, if anything is going in the opposite direction, how is it you can have so many people saying they believe in Scripture, saying they believe in Jesus Lord, saying that in some sense, who knows what sense, but in some sense they're Christian, and yet having so little impact on the world, we're not seeing, seeing so, little, so few miracles happening, so few people being revolutionized, and, 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 and the Spirit of God being poured out on people, the answer is this. According to your faith, be it unto you. Not according to your belief, but according to your faith, be it unto you. Jesus said at one point in his ministry, how long will I put up with this generation? This unbelieving generation. Oh, ye of little faith. Had a lot of correct belief. But where's the faith? And hear, hear me on this. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, gosh, we need to do more works. If you're, if you're, if you're hearing that I'm saying, oh, Greg, Greg's preaching that we, if we really are believers, we ought to go out there and knock on doors, or we really ought to do this or the other thing. No, that's, that's dressing up cow pies. I'm not talking about that. We don't need more works. What you need is more faith. More faith. Because uh, where the faith is, the works are going to follow. But you get the works in there. This is why legalism is foolish. And in fact, Paul says in 1 Timothy 4, it's demonic. Uh, you're putting the, the caboose before the engine. It doesn't work that way. What, what is needed is more faith. I, I, here's the question to ask yourself, the all-important question. This is what faith comes down to. Faith is, first of all, a disposition of the heart that changes the orientation of the mind, that changes the orientation of, the, uh, of our behavior, which then revolutionizes the world. We are, we are triune beings, body, soul, and spirit. Faith starts as a disposition of the heart, revolutionizes the mind, uh, changes the behavior, and then changes the world. The question is this. If you're a believer here, you have a heart, a disposition towards God, you want to have faith, you want to have a relationship with Christ. If you don't have that, you need to come forward at the end of this service and, and enter into prayer with somebody so God will change your heart. Because I can't do a thing about that. Okay, that's between you and God. But I invite you to come forward. But if you're a believer here, you're, 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 you want to have a faith, your heart is open to God, then the question is this. What difference does this Christianity stuff make on your brain? We've talked about time and money. Let's get inside the head. What does it do inside of your head? Because that's what the author's talking about here. Faith. It's a decision you make in the will, and now it's something you do in your mind. What goes on in your head? What do you think about? What drives you? What are the substantial realities that you evidence to yourself continually? What is it that you hold for in your head? What are you thinking about here? The key to transformation and moving in the direction of faith is, the Bible makes it all clear all, all, all over the place, is to continually and steadfastly turn your mind towards the things of God as a substantial reality. Let God get into your skin. Let Him get into your brain. Not just on Sunday morning, but on Sunday night, and then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday throughout the day. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 forward. 
as we behold the glory of the Lord in the face of Jesus Christ. We are transformed from one degree of glory to another. Theoretical belief. Theoretical belief doesn't change you, but when you behold the glory of the Lord, when you begin to think about Jesus, the way a husband thinks about a, life that he, a wife that he loves, uh, and, and that's on your mind continually, and you see, you begin to see concretely the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You begin to uh, experience now what is unseen, and that is his love towards you. That's what changes you. That's what revolutionizes you. That's an act of faith. Paul says that we come against every thought and imagination. This is what a warfare is. We come against every thought and ima- we tear down strongholds and we come against every thought and imagination that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we bring every thought captive to Jesus Christ. The crucial question of faith is this. Do you do that on Monday morning? Do you do that on Monday night? Are you walking with Jesus on the brain? Are you thinking concretely about the things of God? Are you moving in that reality? Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says this. Set your eyes, fix your eyes. Continually and steadfastly. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. He's not talking about your physical eyes. We're talking about an unseen thing. He's talking about the eyes of faith. The same kind of faith that Abraham had in in verse 13 of, of Hebrews chapter 11. He saw the promises of God, but he never saw them in his life physically. He saw them in the spirit mentally. He, this was a substantial reality that he evidenced to himself continually about something he hoped for and about something he did not see. What's going on in your brain throughout the week? Are you being transformed by the renewing of your mind? Romans 12, 2 says. Colossians chapter 3 says, Set your mind, fix your mind on things above, not on things in this earth, where your life is hid in Christ. Well, you have got to be intentional about where your faith is directed. If you don't take charge of that, you've got to know there's a principality and power out there who is very intent on directing you in a false direction. False faith. And though you're believing this, your, your life's going to be going in a different direction. Let me make this concrete here in closing. Um, and, and we'll pick this up again in two weeks. But, but, but just let, let this land on you. When you pray, when you pray, I, I would encourage you to think as a substan- evidence to yourself as a substantial reality the things you do not see and the things that you hope for. Don't just believe certain facts. Enter into it. St. Ignatius of Loyola. I, I have a book out there. I never got published. I'm, I'm thinking about getting going to get it published again. Uh, it's called Seeing Jesus, where we talk about this kind of prayer. It comes, it's a very traditional kind of prayer, but Saint, it, it, it's expressed very well by a man named St. Ignatius of Loyola in the 17th century. And he says this, when you enter into prayer, he's the founder of the Jesuits, when you enter into prayer, pray with all five senses. Okay, get it real. Don't just believe that God loves you, see it. Okay, talk, don't just believe that Jesus is real, talk to him. Boom. Uh, evidence to yourself here and now what you do not see uh, as a substantial reality what you hope for okay enter into it when I pray this morning I was praying for the service and I was in the boom there I was in the the, the throne room uh, of God all the angels are it's a big courtroom and I'm right there and I'm there Lord I want to talk to you boom all the angels are quiet because Greg has got something to say (laughs) I'm a child of God and and uh, and the the father you know as far as he's concerned I'm the center of the universe you know it's like whoa wait, wait a second uh, one of my warriors down there, and so we're talking. Now that is, uh, I'm there. You see, I'm there. My mind's not wandering about groceries and whatever uh, because there's a, the reality is here. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you worship, when you worship, uh, uh, enter into it in faith. Don't just believe that is true. Enter into it in faith. It's an act of the mind. See, you got to know this. We'll talk more about this later on in a couple weeks. But, but 
Commercials, they know how to create faith in people, how to have faith in beer, and how to have faith that beer is going to get you a good sex life, and how to have faith that a certain kind of cologne is going to make you sexy, and how to have faith that a certain kind of car is going to give you a reputation. And they make it concrete with visual images. Bam, they're programming us. They're brainwashing us so that we have faith in that, so that changes our behavior. We start moving towards it. Need Bud Light, you know. Uh, that's the faith that is there. Well, we got to, you know, we, we got to let the things of God become as real to us as a beer commercial. <sighs> Can't believe I'm preaching this. Okay, it's just... Hoopostasis. Don't let the devil have all the hoopostasis. Okay? Don't let the commercials have that. What, when you worship, run a movie of what you're worshiping about. This morning, you know, could you see a power and majesty being praised? When the Lord is a tower, can you see the tower? Is it a hypostatic reality to you? Is it evidencing for you? You'll find that that's what impacts you. I, I gave this testimony a couple months ago how we were singing this song, Shout to the... No, uh, uh, Holy Love flowing me, like, like a crashing waves flowing over me, holy love, about God's love coming on us. And I was believing it was true. But because I was believing it was true, it wasn't doing a thing for me. I was singing it, holy love, flowing me, fill me up. And, and it wasn't, you know, I was, was kind of like, oh, look who's here, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, I don't know. But I believe it's true. Something happened. And all of a sudden, I was into it. And now, I was seeing myself as I was drowning off the coast of Cape Cod. Uh, 20 years ago, and these waves were crashing down on me. And I'd come up for air, and another wave would crash me down. And uh, I just got that picture and that, of God's holy love crashing on me. Like, I, I'm drowned in, in the love of God. And now, boom, Greg Boyd gets changed. Information does, well, never leads to transformation. Reality is what changes us. Information doesn't do it. It just doesn't do it. You know, you need information. But what, what, what changes us what changes the way we think about God, the way we think about ourselves, the way we operate in the world, is reality. And the things of God alter us to the, to the degree that they are reality to us. Faith is laying hold of the reality. Okay? And seeing it and, and experiencing it, pragmaton, evidencing it as a substantial reality, the things that you hold for. And throughout the day, throughout the day, to take the things of God and make them, and, and see them, and think them, and experience them as a reality in your life. You know you got a guardian angel? What does that look like? Uh, do you know that, that the Lord is your friend walking with you? Do you ever go through the day with the word that Jesus Christ is right here? Can you make that a substantial reality? It changes your life. It changes your life. Uh, Charles Finney, who was so great on this, he said, if we really believed, if we could see the glory of God around us, we would never, ever sin. That God is with us at all times. You wouldn't. He's right there. You see, we only sin when we block that out. It's no longer a, a substantial reality, and we go in a different direction. No, walk, walk with the awareness that the Lord, who is your friend, is right next to you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. Sometime when you're going through a problem, some of you are going to have very bad weeks this week. How do I know that? Because all of us have bad weeks sometimes, and percentage-wise, it has to happen. Some of you are going to have bad weeks. When you go through the badness, whatever it is, it, see it so as a substantial reality, heaven. You hope for heaven, don't you? Okay, don't just believe that heaven's going to happen. Make it a substantial reality. And look at this problem from the perspective of, oh, 10 billion years from now as you're in heaven. You know what? The problem becomes a lot smaller. And when it becomes smaller, it becomes a lot more manageable. You see what? You're seeing it from God's perspective. Walk with Jesus on the brain. The things of God on your brain. That's walking in faith, and it is what transforms you. We only have time to close with a commissioning prayer. I'm going to commission you to go out this week and walk in faith. Let's stand. Not seen. Father in heaven, let it be so. Father in heaven, fill us with faith. Father in heaven, transform our heads. Lord God, Father in heaven, transforms our minds. Lord, I know the enemy is so effective at creating 
a false faith in our heads that we don't even know about, creating substantial realities of lies in our heads that cause us to move towards lies. Lord, uh, every commercial is an indoctrination about the wrong kind of faith. Father in heaven, protect us. And Lord God, help us to take every thought and every imagination captive to you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, reign in our hearts as, as faith. Lord God, reign in our minds as faith. And then, Lord God, reign in our behavior as faith as you empower us and inspire us and motivate us to go out and change the world. Be with your army, be with your bride as we leave this place in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys.